I think my dad's writing in the wake of finding out he wasn't my biological father, artistic stuff that was coming out of him, I think that was one of the major impetuses for wanting to make the film. Time has come. Catherine Bigelow! No, no, tu vas m'exciser là, t'es ouf? T'as pas le choix. Mais tu trembles! Growing up, I knew of Wonder Woman, but I didn't know much about her. I wasn't a big comic book fan. Not even worth state tuition, Christine. My name is Ladybird. Uh, well, actually, it's not, and it's ridiculous. Call me Ladybird, like Christine. you said you would. Le César du meilleur scénario original est attribué à Denise Gamze, Erguven et Alice Vinocourt pour Mustang. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I tried being a writer, but. <laughs> I hate what I write. We burn things, because war's the only language men listen to. Because you've beaten us and betrayed us and there's nothing else left. We're in every home, we're half the human race, you can't stop us all. And we will win. Right, hello everybody and welcome to the Filmotomy.com podcast during the Femme Filmmakers Festival week. And I've, again, I say this all the time, but I'm lucky to speak to collaborators on, on one of the films we're in today, which is Hyphen. Uh, so I'm joined by the director and the writer and producer Maria Sevalon. Hello. Hi, hi there. Hi there. And the composer uh, Monica Lyre. Have I pronounced that right? Yep, that's fine. Hello. Great stuff. So I was just saying that it was great to get the get Monica on as well because the music I personally feel plays a very big part in this in this film. Um, so I'm just going to ask some general questions, but obviously this is going to be quite an informal affair. Um, we'll start with a music question, I think. I mean, did, did you two know each other before this film? And if if so, what have you done before? And if not, how did you start this collaboration? Well, it was a funny story. Uh, we, we didn't met each other uh before uh, we have a common friend, a mutual friend, uh, Nicoletta, which, that is the editor for the film, actually, Hyphen. Uh, so they were looking for a composer, and I, I worked before with Nicoletta, and she introduced me to Maria, and she introduced me to her film, and I thought it was a very interesting story, and I was happy, you know, to be involved mm-hmm. in something like this, something so personal. Yeah, um, I was. Uh, trying to find like the perfect composer to try to get the mood and feel of what this film is all about um, to be able to supplement the the story and some of the dance uh, sequences within it. Um, and the editor was just like, you have to meet this person. Like She is amazing. You have to listen to her work. And I loved working with her um, because... Um, so the editor, Nicoletta, and I are from Boston, and Monica was uh, studying in Berkeley, um, and she left before we could officially ever meet in person. So, But they, the two of them had met for the, her film, and so mm-hmm. um, our whole session was um, via like this recommendation from my editor and also then being able to collaborate via Skype um, for the sessions. 
Yeah, that's great. The editing as well, I just want to mention that the editing is another really excellent part of this. The way you cut between the segments was just so good, I thought. You know, like the bone uh, in 2001 when it turns into the spaceship. You know, it was that, it was... It was like that, really. You had the door open, it caught. You had the under the bed, under the table. You know, it was really, you know. So that, you know, hats off to the editor as well, who could have joined us today. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Um, so music-wise, then, um, Monica, what what were you expected to create? What were you told? What sort of music? You know, how 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 Maria wanted to use music in this in this short film. So I think uh, Maria had a very clear idea of what she wanted for for the sound of her film. She actually made a like a very um, uh, a very long uh, Spotify list that she gave to me. Uh, she was like, you know, this is like what I've been listening to when I was writing when I was doing the film, uh, and I, I she told me the parts she liked and and all of that. But more, most importantly. Um, for me, it was uh, sitting down and, and talking about the story and what it meant to her, how, how, how we connected uh, through this story. Because I saw a little bit of me, too, in this, in this film, uh, because it's about finding, you know, uh, your creativity, finding you as a person. So those elements were important to, to kind of get the gist of what the music was going to be like. Awesome. Maria, what, what what was on this playlist? Then? I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, so I had four. So I music is a big part of my life. If I weren't a filmmaker, I definitely would want to pick up being a musician or film scoring. I'm just so fascinated by music, and it definitely goes hand in hand with the work that I do. Uh, I decided to create four playlists uh, for the film. Each one of them a chapter um, within the the four characters that appear, which are Mimi, Maya, me, Andrea. Um, and, you know, all of them have, like, a different mood, a different feeling. Um, and, you know, the first playlist was certainly songs about home and um, warm feelings of connectivity and acoustic things and um, softer ballads and... Um, uh, so I, I wanted to capture some of this certainly more um, uh, like softer sounds, especially because the first character is a child. In the second, mm-hmm. um, the second playlist, I had more like rock songs, like teenager fun times. Um, you know, those songs that get you, you know, going for school in the morning and things like that. Um, and the third song. Uh, I had songs that were a little bit all over the place, but certainly um, with aspects of uh, the lyrics containing messages of wanting to find yourself or um, I'm stuck or I want to go somewhere, but I don't know where to go. So in the last song and the last act, I wanted to have songs that were full of hope, um, inspiration, um, things that I, I so we shot the fourth um, scene, fourth act in Iceland. So mm-hmm. I definitely took time to research some artists that were based off in Iceland and what are people listening to and 
How are they connecting nature with music? Um, so I was able to share this playlist, you know, while I was writing it, while we were shooting, and then finally, I was like, "Here's a collection to <laughs> with me of yeah. like all these things and how I feel like maybe they'll inspire you as well um, as you s- sift through the film and, and get where the messages are going." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like to see even some of the songs helped with creating music rather than songs. You, you, you put put the, the picture of each of those four segments. Yeah, and I, and I can sort of see that now you've explained it, but you'd use different songs to put you in that sort of demographic. say is the last segment is, is yourself um, yes. play, playing the part um, but it almost feels like a documentary it almost feels like what I was watching there's, I don't know if it's intentional, I don't know if I've been mistaken but not the last shot but the penultimate shot you kind of look like you're choking up a bit, you're tearing up a bit and it just felt mm-hmm. like well, when I watched it the second time I was watching mm-hmm. thinking is she thinking like how proud she is of this because I, I really like it. So it kind of, I kind of got that audience interpretation. I know it sounds a bit weird and maybe you weren't crying or, but it seemed like, <laughs> was that, was that all you or was that, you know, you, you seemed overwhelmed and it was, it was a great way to end the film. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the, that last, the last act without giving too much away, but um, I, you know, that's some part of the script where like, um, it was the most, uh, on the spot, on the go, let's just go with it um, for me and my uh, my producer, Tim Wojcik, who was the driver in the, our car, and our cinematographer, uh, Abhijit Ashar, who was in the backseat. So it was just the three of us out there in, in the vast landscape of Iceland trying to come up with a story. Um, the script certainly didn't have, like, these specific scenes um written down or anything like that it was just like let's just find the journey within this um so um we shot the ending actually first so this was like a great time to bond with this these two people um on this journey with me and um you know i definitely had had like a different kind of uh ending written and it didn't work out so we just one day it was just we just found this beautiful um you know winter sun um and the ocean and it just felt really good and it felt natural and genuine and um so was I really tearing up I don't know (laughs) um but it just it was certainly like a feel good moment of um you know like uh we weren't near done shooting yet but certainly like um it just like everything just like it was kind of like an excitement of okay this journey is about to start even though 
it's the ending of the film, but it's like, whoa, like mm. something big is coming this way, and I, I feel it in my bones, kind of feeling. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, it's a beautiful moment. I don't, it's not. I don't think it, it's it's sadness. I think it does. It is happiness that that comes comes through because it's it's kind of the only segment as well that doesn't really have some kind of conflict. Or, you know, with the the girls in the school or the 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 parents yeah. at the beginning mm -hmm. and the. And the two couple, the the two in the art studio, and it, so it's mm -hmm. quite quite a nice way to have this like reflective ending, where it almost goes into like documentary style, and gives it, it's a really nice way to sort of close close give you closure on the whole thing. Um, yeah, it was a dual um, dual duality within that because it's the ending of the film, but for me it was also the start of the film because mm. this was the first um, like real shooting days that we had so um so I, I i certainly like that contrast of like the dual meanings within the, that last scene yeah so I'll, I'll have to watch it again now and i'll get a different meaning now <laughs> out of it yeah. it's like like watching memento i'll have somebody watch it backwards i don't know yeah um, oh yeah <laughs> um so it might be a simple question what, why did you name this film hyphen so I, I stumbled on, a, on an article from BuzzFeed uh, about um, people that live in the hyphen. It was this phrase that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Recently, I saw another phrase of it called people who straddle the hyphen. And so um, I thought that was really interesting because the, the article was talking about identity, people who live with dual identities, um, whether it represents culturally, racially, uh, sexual orientation, um, gender, um, anything like that. So how a hyphen connects and disconnects and um, shows a continuation. So I like this duality of like wordplay in that sense of um, that, yeah, you know, like I think a lot of us have more than just one identity. Um, and um, even if it's like a job title, I mean, I consider myself not just a filmmaker, but a filmmaker artist. So adding some extra hyphens on there. But yeah, that's certainly I also like the sound of it and um it was it just felt right and it was the working title for a long time and in the end I just was like, I'm gonna leave it and I like it just the way it is. Yeah, the hyphen it the kind of the four parts are kind of together stuck together like the way a hyphen would make two words one word, you know. The, that's yeah. the kind of interpretation I got as well because because the editing's so seamless and it just it doesn't like go right number two you, you just yes. keep, keep on going you know yes yes exactly uh, brilliant so um i'll just come back to um monica just on the music um sure the i mean i know you've talked about your collaboration but the I've, I've seen some films and we all have where the music kind of tells you how to feel and dictates the pace other films where the music is so subtle the not until you listen to it in isolation do you realize oh all oh, right okay but this this kind of doesn't do either of those and, and that, that's a really good thing um it's, the music's perfectly placed the, the the sound levels it doesn't it's not shoved down your throat i mean mm -hmm. w were you told that when going into it either by the director or, or any sound people did you know how much of an impact that music would have be it subtle or be it you know not overbearing yes i think we talked a lot of details about the music and how it was going to mix in the film. Uh, for example, uh, especially with the transitions and the 
especially the one with the with the choreography. Uh, we we talked a lot about that that piece and and how it's it was going to be a little protagonic, but then go to the back to 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 enter to the to the last act, uh, where where like the function of the music kind of changes into a more of a, a psychological as more 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 it's more emotional because uh, you know uh, with all the beautiful landscapes and I, I don't want to give away the, the ending of the film uh, no. so I'm struggling to no. to to find the words but but yeah when you see it you you'll know what I'm talking about uh, I'm just like accompanying her through yeah. that last uh, last act and um, yeah that's that's pretty much it and uh, the piece I, I enjoyed the most writing was the one of the of the choreography uh, I called it the dance of the inner demons because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, I took the piano and the violin uh, the piano uh, it's first used in the in the first act when it is it Mimi the 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 little kid yeah uh, so but over there the piano was a little like more innocent and and suddenly here there's a struggle between these two voices so it's like a a call and response between the violin and the piano like kind of fighting around until there's a resolution We, everything was like kind of on purpose, like we talked all the details through and and I'm sure with the sound designer that there was a lot of conversations. I, I, I didn't talk much with the sound designer, but I'm sure Maria uh, was very specific on, on how the sound design would, would play out in, in this film. Yeah, uh, speaking to that, um Certainly, um, I worked with a great sound designer. His name is Jetty Shu. And um, so we certainly wanted to introduce music very delicately in the beginning, very softly and slow, and um, things sort of gradually start to pick up um, and become very intense um, during the, uh, the middle of Act 3, where the character is just, like, struggling with herself. And just like Monica said, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of piano and violin, and I love when, like, in a soundtrack, they're kind of crashing in with each other um, to try to take up the, the spotlight. Um, and it's not until Act 4 where we're finally, oh, um, you know, when, when the underwater scene, um, I, was, I love playing um, with things in reverse. Um, so we did a lot of that where we... Um, um, the editor, when we were editing, we were trying to, as we were editing, we were trying to figure out um, how to maybe insert some, like, visual effects of reverse and, in, and um, inverse, and we did that as well with the music, so I, I liked it a lot, um, um, and I think Act 4, the music of that is actually, like, a more... Um, uh, orchestral version of Act Two song, where the highest um, mm -hmm. song. Yeah. So we were working on that, uh, where I would, I wanted to have 
the song that the band sings in act two to be like a more orchestral, grandiose, like, um, you know, mature uh, version for act four. And based on a lot of audience response, that it kind of really tugs people's heartstrings there because um, if you're listening closely, you're, you can recognize that and you realize that that's what the song lyrics are about. And she's off, the act four character is off doing what act two wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, we get that emotionality out of that, which it just it feels good. And I, I felt like really great about it. And yeah, and so have the audiences um, responded really well to that and gotten couple of tear works happening from people <laughs> yeah i can understand that the, the as i said the ending the, the moment i mentioned it, it is quite quite moving and because the other segments the the conflicts are not harsh or they're not kind of don't overpower the other conflicts it's all quite even so that when it comes to the end it you're, you're allowed to be moved but by what's happened i think so yeah the music really comes into its own uh, towards the end there um, mm-hmm. One interesting bit was where, at the beginning when the the at the dinner table and the girls on her own and the, there's like a rumbling and the tap dripping and, that, and that, that's like the, probably the best use of sound in, in the entire film. Pero por Dios, qué necesitaban hacer para tener una mejor comida? No sé si hay algo más aquí. Is that like a, a tremor or is that something that's in her head? I wasn't really sure. Yeah, so sound effects, um, certainly the sound mixer could definitely speak more on that. But mm. We worked very closely in the studio about how I wanted to have not just visual magic happen, but also audio magic. Um, and so having um, like sounds of rumble or or moments of light, moments of animation come up and appear when the character needs to do something about it. Or there's like a, it's almost like a, like when you feel like an earthquake is about to come and you know, when it it comes, it's gonna, it's gonna shake you out of your body. And, um, it's like these little hints that appear, little pieces of animation, little pieces of light, little pieces of, um, sound, uh, cues that, uh, things are happening and 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 you know things are moving along and if if you know if she stays still if she stays complacent and the way things are like you know it's gonna it's gonna affect her greatly so um that's why for act four you'll notice there's no dialogue there's no other you know side characters there's no um moments of magic anymore because like she's able to create her own sense of self and self-identity and yeah. feels good about it and um, is in the moment. And yeah, exactly what you had said about this becomes like a, like a bit of a fiction documentary where even in shooting it, we had to be really bare bones about what we had and what we could do. And um, yeah, so that was part of the, the magic within that of just that, you know, things are about to happen, and when they happen, it's going to be very intense. Mm. Yeah, the, that scene when the, the water scene it mentioned, the bag, the bag opens, and 
all the animation comes out, it, it's you kind of look at oh, what's that, what's that. Uh, I think audiences are going to get a lot of different interpretations of that kind of release or escape or, or what those items represent. And it's interesting that you used animation, I think. So I'm sure people have asked you this before, but are any or all of the segments influenced by you or people you know in any way? I mean, how personal is this project? Sure. Um, so the, the story in general is based off of like little mini stories that have either happened to me or people um, in, that I know um, in my sections of or little pieces of sprinkled throughout Boston. Um, there's a lot of, um, you know, um, children of immigrants that live here and a lot of artists that live here, a lot of people that want to make it big in the city but um, don't really know um, how to without having to move away from home. And so, I, I, for me, it's kind of like a, like a glimpse into these little pieces that are scattered throughout the city that I've heard throughout my life and have experienced as well. And in, in thinking up and writing these and shooting them and acting in them, um, I realized that these stories are, aren't just so isolated within Boston. And if you're not from Boston or if you're not a girl, if you're not... Latino, or if you're not, you know, an artist, you'll never understand it. But it's certainly um, talking with, you know, uh, different people uh, that were part of the crew, uh, like Monica and and my um, my my producer who's from Connecticut, and my cinematographer who's originally from South Africa, but then went to Canada, then is now in Atlanta and traveling everywhere. Um, you know, these are all stories that are universal and that it's about, you know, believing in yourself and creating your own identity and achieving and succeeding in your dreams and not giving up when you feel like everything is not going right. Um, and it's certainly, a, you know, here I am and nothing is shaking me off uh, out of my balance and core of who I am. So I certainly wanted those stories to resonate with many people and they have. Um, in screenings of this where people talk about times where they weren't able to um, pursue the careers that they wanted or pursue the dreams that they had of traveling to this place and that place and things like that make me feel very sad because um, you know I feel like most people would certainly feel happier if they had been able to um, you know follow some of those dreams and to be able to um, you know, want to be an artist or a filmmaker since very young and actually follow it through. It's very rare and it's hard. It's certainly not a walk in the park, but um, I certainly feel like um, like more centered in the the fact that this is like my life's mission and this is what I want to do. And I'm not I'm not going anywhere. So this just feels good. So it's a feel good movie afterwards. What do you know? What? If it's all so easy, Liam, all I have to do is drop everything. Stop worrying. Let it come to me, right? Hey, I... It's not. You support me. You do. It's just, why is it so hard for you to understand me? And the the art-making process as well, I suppose, is a, is a huge part because all the stories are kind of about art 
in one way or another. Um, so I suppose a question to both of you really: I mean, what what other other than film, what other forms of art are you attracted to? You know, hobby wise or something else that you perhaps wanted to do? We'll start with uh, Monica. Oh, that's that's <laughs> a tricky one because I remember that that a music teacher actually a few years ago asked me if I was actually if I was passionate enough about music, and I and I just said I feel that my passion is art and music chose me. So I'm I'm really open to like all kinds of arts. I I really enjoy cinema. I really enjoy visual arts. I also write uh, and and anything that that is kind of like multidisciplinary. That's why I I decided to do film scoring uh, as a career because you know I get to work with very different artists and animators and directors and actors. So all kinds of art right there. Yeah. Absolutely. So so yeah, I'm always inspired by by other arts, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah um, let's see. Uh, so when I was a child, I certainly was very involved in many activities. Um, I, I did some programming with the Boston Ballet. I was really into that, and I, I wanted to do it so bad. Um, and I would say dance was my first love. Um, however, it was just like, it was just, like, it wasn't cheap at all, so, like, all of these dance <laughs> lessons at the Boston Ballet were just so expensive at the time, anyways, and, um, you know, I was really heartbroken over that, and I, I remember that, you know, in high school, I, I, I pursued some music, and I was really into it, and, um, um, but I also wasn't able to really, um, get into that, and, um, you know, like, really pursue that, because overall, I realized, like, as time passed by, that, like, general art making and filmmaking have always been in the background of my life. And I, I never paid attention to it as much as I um, could have um, because I was just so busy trying to discover other kinds of art, whether it's, like, theater as well. And I've done poetry and writing, um, a lot of fiction-based work. And... Um, you know, for me, how I got started was my dad giving me um, a video camera for my 15th birthday and just being like, here, take this and just go make something. <laughs> and it was great. Like, it was one of the best gifts I could get because I was able to start shooting these little vlogs and little mini documentaries about little experimental pieces about um, the things that are happening in my neighborhood. So... I certainly felt like pieces of hyphens like were maybe even appearing there where I was creating like these little little segments of life walking around and um, sometimes making like small like short music clips and things like that. So um, certainly and also like songwriting and things like that. So of all the different kinds of arts that I've done, um, they all appear within hyphen about how just they can all take up different forms and not just one. I really like the film. I'm not just saying this. It was one of my favourites of the of the 20 that we that we picked. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I will. Um, <laughs> just because it offered so much, it was consistent. Um, someone, I think even one of the one of the jury members even described it as it, it 
like it's like a bit like Moonlight, you know, with the not just the palettes, but the the way you went from one age to the next, you know. Uh, so I think that's a compliment. Obviously, that film won won the Best Picture Oscar. Um, so yeah, really well done. Music, as I said, and and the, and the way you've made the film, um, really impressive. Yeah, actually, a funny story about that, about uh, Moonlight, is that it came out while I was writing the script, uh, and so, like, I had finished writing the script, and I was like, oh, Moonlight came out, and so I said to myself, I don't want a Moonlight to influence, influence the film, so I'm not going to watch it until I'm, like, completely done with it, so I didn't watch it until the very uh, end, and all I had was, like, maybe some of, like, the soundtrack that I, I sent over to Monica and I was like, I don't know what this is, but this sounds really good, and I really like it. But I refuse to see the film, because <laughs> uh, I was like, I don't want to be influenced too much. And then when I finally saw it, I, I was so blown away because I was like, Whoa, this is like, this is kind of in a way like, you know, this individual's uh, struggle of living in the hyphen, yeah. of having different um, identities and in different locations. So. Um, certainly, uh, Moonlight was something that I, uh, had much more an appreciation for, um, in watching it, um, in conjunction with my film. So, yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. Um, just for those listening then, where, where, where can we, sort of, obviously the film, they can watch the film today, obviously, is it, is it on Vimeo, whereabouts can we find this film? So right now we have some, we're still running through the film um, festival circuit. Um, It's going to be, let's see, so it's going to be in the Boston Latino International Film Festival, uh, September 28th. um, And it's going to be playing at like 11 a.m. or so um, on a short block. And then um, afterwards, next month, I'm actually headed off to Mexico for the Oaxaca Film Festival. (laughs) Um, which Monica is from and she's there right now Um, so um, we will be screening that as well um, there I think it's October 6th or so Um, it's on the website Um, and then it's currently also screening on the online New England Film Festival uh, where newenglandfilm.com and if you type up hyphen it'll appear there so It'll be screening all the way to October 18th. Um, so those are some screenings that are coming up. And yeah, just, you know, keep checking out for more screenings on our official website, hyphenmovie.com. They're still adding up. We're halfway through the circuit. So um, I'm excited for what comes after. Yeah, you should be great. Um, Monica, I believe you have a, a website as well for, with your music. Sure. Uh, well, I'm pretty much in all social media as Monica Lyrie, L-Y-R-A-E. Uh, but I also have a, an official website if, if anyone would be interested in reading more about uh, what I do. It's monicalyrie.com. Uh, all, the yeah. links, all the links will be, uh, will, will be there. If this is a YouTube video, I would uh, point downwards. But they'll, be, they'll, they'll all be on the post when, when this goes out. 25th of September, obviously. Great. Great. So, thank you very, very much for both joining me. Appreciate talking about films. Short films are intriguing because you, you you do so much with so little time. So I'm always a fan. And with the female the perspective of the festival as well, we want to promote female talent. So you know, great work, both of you. Honestly, can't praise you enough. 
Thank you very much for having us. We'll chat again one day, perhaps, uh, when you attend the Oscars. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs>